0: Hey, beautiful. Hi guys and welcome to Maxwell Video Podcast, a podcast where we invite the best people in our industry to share their knowledge on how to increase sales and how to make affiliate marketing work for you. Um, I'm Anna, the CEO of this humble, beautiful network called MaxWeb. Uh, You know, we always try to find ways to give back to you. You can find us on Facebook and Insta, uh, just at MaxWeb Affiliate Network. Um, If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple, I highly recommend you watch this podcast again on video. You can do that on our YouTube or Facebook channel because we always have beautiful presentations, for you, so thank you again for joining us. I want to, in, I want to introduce you today's speakers to you guys. His name is Scott Rewick. Um, he's just not—he's one of my good friends in the industry, and we—I believe we—we we were talking for five minutes, and we both agree. You know what? I think we're going to be great friends. So, Scott, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Uh, well we already have a lot of people with us. Hi guys I know it's a, it's an odd you know time for a lot of our friends all over the world so I always appreciate you guys taking the time to to joining us live. Uh, Scott if you prefer to jump uh, in, in your slide that's wonderful um, you can tell us a tiny bit about yourself now or when we get to the slides but let's pretend no one knows who you are. I, I wanted to, to get like the good stuff of, of who Scott really is
1: yeah well thank you and i and i'll address a little bit of that in my presentation it's it's honestly one of my least favorite topics i think as introverts um you know we tend to shy sh- be shy around our accomplishments in the space or who we are but you know look i've i've just been super lucky to be in the space for 25 years um it's Likely, some of your viewers aren't even 25 years old. So I'm super lucky that I found this space back in the day, um, and by space I mean online marketing, affiliate marketing, these types of things. Really, just lucky. Um, I moved back to the Bay Area, boy, in '96, um, and then kind of started this journey uh, around online marketing, internet marketing. So um, yeah, I mean that's the, the gist of it. Um, I'll definitely jump into some of the things I've done, but I just, uh, I really adore this space. I love. Talking about email because it's not a topic that I get to talk about very often, but it's obviously massively important. So yeah, I'm just excited to share my story and, and some tips and techniques that I think people can use.
0: Well, everyone listening in, uh, Scott is very humble. Um, he has way more experience than he wants uh, everyone to to know. So it's a huge honor that we got him live today. So please save all your questions for, for the end. I promise we'll take a few minutes to go through all the questions. And if it's OK with everyone, I'll pull the slides up. Voila, there we go. So whenever you're ready, Scott, Well, I'm ready. I have my notepad here. <laughs> Let's
1: go. Yeah. Well, no, thank you again so much. Um, I'll tell you that in advance, uh, PowerPoint presentations aren't my strong suit. So hopefully um, we can get through this presentation and I can deliver as much content as possible. Can you see my next slide, what we'll cover? Do you see that on your yep. side?
0: Yep. Looks beautiful. Okay,
1: awesome. So I guess in this short amount of time that we have to talk, I'll talk about my background a little bit. Uh, again probably least favorite topic but i'll share with you kind of my experience over 25 years i'll talk about why email matters so much um i think it matters more than ever um today um i've i've you know listened to the you know purported demise of email now for 20 years and it remains As strong if not stronger than ever before. So I'll talk about why it matters. Um, In terms of this topic, I broke it up into kind of two different flavors. Um, One is strategies for e-commerce players um, and those are people that uh, potentially have offers on MaxWeb and want to improve those offers, uh, be more competitive out there. So I'll talk about mostly my experience as it related to Native Path which is the company that I most recently started and and, um, left about a year ago. Um, And then we'll talk about some winning strategies for the affiliate but we'll do that very quickly. We'll summarize it all and then we'll open it up to Q&A. So hopefully that's the strategy or that's the the agenda and we'll go over. All right, me, Um, let's see. So I've been doing this a long time, um, longer than most, I would think. And I really just find myself incredibly grateful and fortunate to be in a space that has uh, certainly welcomed me 25 years ago and has allowed me to kind of grow over 25 years in this space. So a long time doing this. I helped found one of the first affiliate networks called MetaReward. Um, that was back in boy, 2000 or 1997, 98. We ultimately sold that to Experian for 30 million bucks. So that was really exciting. It was kind of my welcome into the space, starting one of the first affiliate networks and then ultimately selling it, which was super cool. Um, from there, um, one of my biggest partners who was large affiliate and I started a company called NetBlue. Uh, we raised a bunch of capital. Um, we scaled that business to pretty good sized business over the course of about four or five years. And I would describe those days as really just the early days of online marketing. There was so much going on, there was so much happening. You could buy ads super cheaply. You could grow, expand uh, really, really fast, kind of like what today is. But um, that was my really, uh, really a great experience Get, jo- joining a company or starting a company from zero and getting it to scale. Um, we then started a company called Next Internet. We did about $20 million in e-commerce. That was our first foray into kind of direct-to-consumer businesses. So we started companies like teeth whitening companies and and um, and so on. Then uh, out of that fund, we started a company called Web Juice, which was big, big volume in list management. And that's really where I first got kind of my experience with email on a firsthand basis. We were a rather large list manager. And for those of you that don't know list managers, it's it's really somebody who you give, who you give your data to to mail off of. And so we can talk a little bit about that. Um, I was brought in to sell a company called Lucky Surf, which was um, a super cool kind of uh, lotto company. Um, and then most recently, the last six years or so, um, I started a company called Native Path with a buddy of mine, Chris. And we started as an info marketer in the paleo space. So we were known as the paleo secret. And we over time kind of grew that business as an info marketer, um, e-commerce marketer into more of a supplement brand. Um, So we went from digital to physical and we scaled that to about 30 million bucks a year in sales. And I sold that business back to my partner about a year ago. And right now I primarily do consulting, coaching and I'm also an investor. Anyway, that's um, my least favorite topic. So hopefully we, we've, got that, we've got through that pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, just feel super lucky to kind of have been in the space that long. Um, what I'll tell you specifically about email is each of these companies relied heavily on it. Um, you know, to a large degree, the success of these companies really rode off of the back of email. Um, at NetBlue, we had acquired a lot of email records. Um, the, the the beginning of that business was, for those of you that have been around for a while, was you know, get a free Spider-Man DVD, put your email address in. These types of um, marketing lead gen offers allowed us to create a huge database of customers that we mailed pretty much every day. Again, super, super important for the success of the company. At WebJuice, as I mentioned earlier, we managed a lot of customer records. And so I began to learn the ins and outs of um, inboxing and a whole slew of technical issues related to getting your mail delivered. Um, and then I guess, as I mentioned most recently with Native Path, um, we would generate quite a bit of email records per day using traditional lead generation techniques to drive email records. And then we would mail them offers, primarily our own offer, and then um, monetize them. And So on that basis, we we generated a pretty good sized list um, at Native Path. So, The point of this is email is as important, if not more important, even today. And I'll kind of go into why that is. But if uh, you are a company, either as a e-commerce player or an affiliate looking to email, I think it has to be looked at very, very carefully um, and hopefully becomes a really important part of your overall strategy. Anyway, um, this should be hopefully self-explanatory to most of you, but email really matters for a bunch of reasons. Um, For those of you that are in the e-commerce space, um one of the things that we obviously focus on quite a bit is ltv um, customer ltv long-term or, um, lifetime value and while it's true that the aov average order value constitutes a rather large part of the ltv email is is probably of secondary importance just behind aov and that really is allowing you to monetize that customer over time and email um, as well as a whole other slew of things sms and you know things you stuff boxes with. There's a whole other slew of things that certainly relate to LTV, but but email remains probably the king of uh, LTV once you get past AOV. Hopefully that makes sense. Wow. Um, yeah, so um, <clears throat> and I, I think really, you know, email needs to be looked at in a thoughtful manner. Um, there are certainly complexities to email which make it um, – you know could make it difficult to manage on your own but but you really need to have email as a, a important component of, of of your strategy primarily because as those of you that are that are buying media or setting cpas in an affiliate network it's really difficult to compete without it because if you assume that you know you can make a lot of money on your list after the fact it will allow you to price your cpa way higher than those that don't have it so you really need to have email as a as a important element of your overall pricing strategy as it relates to presenting your CPA offer to um, to affiliates. Um, it remains a highly effective way to communicate with leads and customers. Um, obviously most of us are, are looking at email on our cell phones. So you really have kind of a direct link right to your leader customers through their cell phone. Um, Certainly advancements in technology make the targeting and messaging on point. There are kind of this this resurgence of really creative ESPs, email service providers, that are are doing some really interesting things around making um, the messaging uh, as it relates to email really on point. Um, So we can get into that a little bit later. Um, For affiliates, it's an amazingly effective advertising channel. I've had the good fortune of doing both being an affiliate and also an offer owner. And so as an affiliate, um, using email as a way to generate uh, customers for your affiliate offer is is really important and and really effective. And obviously, it's, you know, it's a massive worldwide audience just getting bigger. So email is really, really important for a number of those reasons. I've just kind of spoken about a couple of them. All right. In this part of the presentation, I'm going to talk about email for e-commerce. and I think this would relate primarily um, to those of you that run e-commerce offers that are getting, say, distribution off of affiliate networks or doing direct buys, but email um, has to be considered a very, very important part of of any e-commerce strategy. Um, I'll start by talking a little bit about our general setup at Native Path. Again, Native Path, it's a six year journey. We got to about 30 million bucks in sales. And so we did a lot of testing, failing, starting over again, um, and really tested email quite a bit. Um, Over that period of time, we tested a lot of ESPs. um, And there are a lot of ESPs out there. Um, We picked one in particular down the road that tended to work for us best, but we tested a lot of different ESPs. Um, We had a full-time mailer and a data expert. This meant we had somebody who was, kind of actively scheduling the mail for us and looking at numbers. We had someone importing all the data necessary to make kind of important decisions around which offers we ran. As I mentioned earlier, we mailed quite a bit of records every single day. Um, We set up, you know, I wouldn't say rather complex, but somewhat complex autoresponder series based on kind of where you were in the journey with us. So as I mentioned earlier, we we did lead gen um, and that, Journey for getting them to be a customer is quite a bit different than a customer autoresponder series. But nonetheless, we set up very, very distinct and unique autoresponder series for each. Um, You know, email for us was really about, first off, more than anything else, encouraging customers to buy more of our own stuff. And so for those that didn't buy our stuff over time, we would send affiliate offers. Um, which, again, becomes a really important component of the business because that profit that gets generated kind of after the fact can roll into your media buying decisions and how much you can afford to pay for a customer. So um, sending offers to our sending emails to our own offer was hugely important because buying more of our stuff was super important to us. And obviously, we generated quite a bit of commissions from sending affiliate offers since, again, both of those added up were really, really important. Um we segmented customers versus leads, like any good mailer will do, um, and we can talk a little bit more about that going uh, down the road. And of course, you know, I'll cover this in later in the later presentation. Ongoing active list cleaning and analysis. So you want to make sure that your list is super clean. Anyway, um, I kind of broke down, and, and sorry if this like slide is all you know big, but I was trying to think about how I conceptualize or talk about these topics in a way that um, are easy for me to explain. I think. I think so deeply on these topics, a lot of times um, I, I skip a lot of steps and uh, this is maybe the first step at, at attempted, at maybe just isolating this and, and showing this in a very clear way. So I kind of break it down like four different ways. Um, the first way, and we'll start at the bottom is your email service provider. And these are obviously people who are responsible for mailing um, either an affiliate offer or your offer. And so it's really, really important. And we'll talk about that. Um, The second part of it is the funnel. And what I mean by that is really just ensuring that each touch point, whether you're doing lead generation or uh, straight sales stuff, has an email attached to it. Um, We'll talk about conversion. And what I mean by that is how do you get email to work? How do you get people to inbox? How do you get people to open, to click, to convert, that type of thing? And then finally, the top piece, we'll talk a little bit about just the analysis, um, what's required to kind of gather the data, look at the data, and make more educated decisions based on what you're seeing happening. All right, let's talk about ESPs for a bit. Um, There are a lot out there, and as I mentioned earlier, we tried a lot of them. And the cool thing about ESPs, I think, and it follows along the lines of really the advancements happening in our space across all different channels is that there are now a number of ESPs that are doing increasingly more interesting things around, not just making sure that your data inboxes, but also doing things like tying in SMS, um, doing event-based triggered emails, all kinds of stuff. So I've listed a few here. We've tried pretty much all of these ones. um, And I would say all of them, or some of them have their strengths, some of them have their weaknesses, some hate affiliate offers and won't allow you to do that. Uh, um, <laughs> they, they they do love affiliate offers or they don't
0: they don't they don't
1: yeah 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 so there's definitely. Um,
0: sorry to interrupt you scott is the first time i'm hearing of Bronto. so that's wonderful that we get to learn something new is it something you use
1: yeah so so um the the end of the story around trying six of these esps and we tried you know in earnest, a lot of these ones um, was that we ended up with Bronto. Bronto is kind of our secret killer um, ESP. They're owned by Oracle. Um, they are fairly expensive, but I think you 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 pay for what you get. Um, but it's a rather rather it's a rather large ESP that has kind of really industrial clients. And so for us, you know, little direct marketer over at, at Native Path, we were we were so small to them. That um, we didn't matter, but we were able to kind of ride off of their pretty considerable infrastructure to allow us to inbox pretty consistently. So, um, you know, I remember. Chris, my partner, mentioning to me that our ESP costs were gonna go from, I think at the time we were probably paying 8K a month to 30K a month. And that was rather concerning. Uh, it's a big jump uh, in price, but it ended up being really worth it because our data began to get inboxed. Our data was was um, treated very well. And so Bronto ended up being kind of our secret, um, you know, our ninja secret ESP to, to finally get stability.
0: That's awesome. Well, do you mind if we take two questions since it's super specific to this this slide? Sure. So uh, we have Adam. Hi, Adam. Uh, Adam Pivko, you might know him. Uh, he's asking, have you ever tried SendGrid?
1: Um, yes, we've tried SendGrid before and I think we had good success. Um, I didn't get a chance to add them to this, to this slide. So I think they're also um, pretty good. I don't know that I have like specifics I can tell you about SendGrid so much, but we did try them as well. And I thought they were, they were pretty good. Um, You know, it's such a it's such a tough thing because one of the things I talk about, and I'll talk about it, I think, in this slide and later slides, is the importance of having multiple ESPs. Um, You know, you want to have multiple ESPs for the fact that, like you said, Active Campaign hates affiliate offers. Well, if you're mailing affiliate offers, you can't use Active Campaign or you can't use Clavio as an example. So you want to have multiple ESPs for a variety of different reasons. Um, you know, one of which is 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 that reason, which is you know treating data separately. But also, you know, some stuff just stops working. Um, quite frankly, we were with Maripost early on, and I know a lot of people have had success with Maripost, but we just had no success with Maripost over the course of six months, and so we had to get out. So, as a strategy, a general strategy, I would say that you had one mailing platform in in our case, we use Bronto, but I would suggest always having kind of a secondary ESP, either handling leads um, differently, if that's the case, or just kind of on hot backup in case, all of a sudden one ESP just drops and you can't get your stuff mailed.
0: That's, that's, that's really good advice and I agree. I mean, obviously we do the same and uh, I'm actually very excited to for us to try Bronto too. So um, now we know your secret.
1: They're <laughs> expensive, but... Um, I think in this case, you know, we realized that email was such a hugely important part of our business. If, If our emails couldn't get delivered, we didn't have a business. And, you know, so much of our business early on was doing lead generation in the health and wellness space, which we didn't see a lot of people doing. Um, and so, you know, when you're generating 30,000 email records a day and it becomes a really important part of your business, the mail has to go through, or you have a big problem. Um, and we can get into the specifics of like the pricing of it, but generally put, you know, we were buying email addresses, you know, again, in our case, it was health and wellness offers a dollar to a dollar 50 per email address. We got some amount of revenue day zero, I would call it, people buying right there, but over the course of seven days in the autoresponder series, we would more than make up our money. So, yeah, anyway, Bronto um, allowed us to do that with some semblance of security that we weren't going to be you know, in the spam folder or promo folder um, and we could get our messaging through.
0: Awesome. So, uh, Raman is asking, what about get response is not on your list?
1: Yeah, it's only because I just didn't have room to put a put a logo there but obviously uh, I'm very well well versed with get response um you know uh, we like
0: it get we like GetResponse response
1: too. You do. Okay, great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's really weird the you know the the responses I get from different marketers are so different. I have people that just swear by Maripost. Um we don't. Um, we have people that that have been using Mailchimp forever. Um, people use Outreach. You know, so so really, I you know, I think you're going to find the ESP that works for you based on you know your mix of in-house offers, sending in-house offers to clients versus affiliates, and uh, they're all going to be different. I would just say that again, whatever one you choose to use. I would just make sure you have a hot spare ready to go. When you're buying media at volume, you really can't afford to have any of this stuff stop working kind of in the middle of big ad spends.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, to everyone joining us now, I see we have more friends uh, with us. So, th- I think the big takeaway here is to definitely have a plan B. Even if you're super happy, if you're using ClubView or Mara post, it's so important to have a plan B because you never know. Uh, even if you're doing millions of dollars in revenue um, every day, sometimes stuff just goes wrong. So, if it's yeah. one, Wonderful caveat that I you know, encourage you to take away is to definitely have a, a, a plan B when it comes to this.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what I know about being in this space this long and, and undoubtedly many of the people listening here would 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 agree with this is that, you know, things go wrong all the time in this business. Um, there there are just repeatedly things going down, you know, whether it's distribution channels, whether it's email service providers, whether it's, you know, your merchant account. Um, And you really have to kind of get used to living in that environment where there's really no safe harbor. And so one of the things that I stress really quite a bit with either my own company or whether I do consulting or whatever, is just really being relentless about single points of failure. Um, And again, since email is such an important part of the overall LTV number, or if you're an affiliate using it to get distribution, Ensuring that you just don't rely on a single ESP is just paramount. I mean, I would say the same thing with merchant accounts. I would say the same thing with distribution. So having no single point of failure as it relates to ESP is massively important. Um, And again, some people also want to treat customers differently. They want to put customers on one ESP and leads on different ESPs. Um, As we've talked about earlier, some really aren't affiliate friendly. The moment you send an offer out, they're going to look at the link and ban you. So it's really important to have backups. Um, And also it's important to understand, you know, the kind of the unique Capabilities of each ESP. I mean, while they they generally have the same function, we're going to deliver your mail. Yeah. Each of these ESPs has unique ways of doing things um, that you can avail yourself of. And also, what I'm seeing with ESPs now is more and more of them are adopt adopting kind of this multi-channel messaging platform where you could use your ESP to send SMS messages. You can tie it into your uh, supply chain to send emails transaction emails so all kinds of cool things that are happening on the esp front that allow you as a marketer to kind of avail yourself of those things and, and get better um so anyway that's uh email service providers um if you have any questions about esps fire them now or we can handle them at the end
0: well, well we took two of them thank you so much uh Gidrias is asking what about Sendlane? do you like it do you recommend
1: oh yeah it? Yeah, Sendlane is another great one. Um, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy that runs Sendlane, he's pretty active in in forums, mm-hmm. and I think they've been they've been pretty good as well. Um,
0: yeah, for- I think a lot of the people. That's a great example. We had three friends. They are using three different, you know, um, ESPs, and that's fine, right? Uh, and what works for one will not work for for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the same experience with Maripos as yourself, but mm-hmm. a lot of our common friends in the industry love it, right? And they'll buy yeah. it. You know, club yeah. or, you know, get response or, you know, even sendly uh, uh work better for, for us.
1: Yeah, and and you know, in the you know, I have a soft spot for ESPs in a bit because I mean they are fighting the battle on your behalf. To consistently get inbox into places like Google, Yahoo, MSN, these places that that may not be terribly friendly to that, right? I mean, there's this war that goes on between ESPs and the ultimate, you know, holders of the inbox. The people that hold the inbox are desperate to get out spam and and you know kill bad actors. Um, the ESPs are trying different techniques to be able to get uh, in consistently uh, inbox. So. They are on your behalf fighting this giant battle um, to get inboxed, and so they have a very, very difficult job. And it could just be that, you know, um, something happened and and you couldn't get inboxed, and it wasn't their fault, it wasn't your fault, it was something a uh, Google change that happened. So, um, I do have a soft spot for ESPs. They have a lot of work to do. To get inbox at the same time, um, just as a business owner, you want to make sure that that you have backups because you can be inboxing perfectly for years. And and we had this at Native Path quite a bit where, you know, we would all of a sudden get in the promo folder and have to kind of work our way back out of it. Um, but just expect that it's a moving target, and it's really you can't just set it and forget it and expect your ESP to deliver, um, you know, consistent results forever. So it's just prudent to have always a backup plan. Um, The next thing uh, I'll speak about is just funnel. And what that really speaks to is just the idea that either as an e-commerce player or an affiliate, um, all or as many roads as possible relate to getting the customer's email address. So again, if we we believe that it's a super important piece of LTV or making media work, you want to make sure that In most cases, or what's certainly relevant, you want to have an email capture. Uh, Again, really simple things like adding it on your order form in most cases, a Shopify checkout. So it's going to have all that stuff already on there, but you want to just make sure that you have it. And also in, um, this is one of my friend Tim's sites that doing good volume in golf you want to make sure that you have, you know, sufficient lead gen funnels as well. So um, having both ways to generate email addresses, whether it's lead gen, so in this case, it's a chance to win something, or in this case, it's off of a uh, an order page um, is really important. That's kind of what I mean by funnel is making sure that once you have an established ESP, what are your strategies around generating an email address? Um, whether it's on the order form, whether it's, you know, on the front of a page, whether it's on... Um, you know, a lead gen page, that kind of stuff. So pretty simple, uh, not, not a big, um, big topic there, but just wanna make sure that you have sufficient ways to collect an email address. Um, the next topic is conversion. And this is really, um, you know, I've, I've tried to simplify it um, as much as I can, but this is really a very complex and interesting topic. Um, and this is really where, Um, You know, most people that don't want to follow all this stuff will just hand it over to a list manager because, you know, converting and what I mean by converting is, is, you know, not only inboxing your offer, but getting opens, getting clicks, getting conversions, um, getting people to ultimately buy via email is a topic that we could probably spend at least eight hours on talking about. So it's a, it's a big topic and it's really, really important, obviously, because you can send all the mail you want, but if you're not getting inboxed, um, if you're not getting opens and clicks, it kind of doesn't matter. So conversion's a big um, big topic. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna kind of break it down into, I think three kind of main steps as it relates to um, getting inboxed, um, getting inboxed, getting opens, getting clicks, these types of thing. Um, the first step that I'll talk about is just segmentation and hygiene. Um, obviously, you know you need to be segmenting your list and there's just a million different things that you can segment off of. Um, the easiest is going to be customers and leads. And you definitely wanna separate these two because generally you're gonna treat them quite a bit differently, right? So for leads that you'd like to convert into something, whether it's an affiliate offer or your own offer, um, you wanna create that a, a separate, segmentation over here for these leads. And the goal, um, certainly if you're an e-commerce player, is to get them to convert, right? So buy either on the front end uh, new products um, and get them over to being a customer. And then as a customer, your segmentation is getting them to buy hopefully more of your own thing. So segmentation is a really, really big topic um, in terms of how you segment. And again, you can do a lot more segmentation on uh, your list which extend past customer leads. You can segment by openers, by clickers. And there's just a million different ways, but segmentation is a big topic and you ought to be doing it um, with your list. Um, the next most important thing, and we didn't have to do this as much back in the day, but list hygiene is another really, really important topic. Um, you know, Simply put, you wanna have some protocol to eliminate those emails that just simply don't open don't click, don't do anything, there's just nothing good comes with sending, you know, repeated emails to people that don't open them and don't look at them. Um, so I would suggest having a protocol in, in our case, it was you know, I think it was 30 day non openers, but having some protocol, which actively goes through and takes out the ones that, um, that aren't opening because the ESP whether you know it or not is generating a score uh, based on your data and looking at it and making sure that you know your data is responsive and so if you're if you're sending a big segment of your list to emails that ultimately don't respond um, it does you no good at all so having really kind of good list list hygiene um, protocols is super important so um, that's step one uh, segmentation hygiene Um, step two kind of relates to how do you get inboxed and how do you get people to open Um, and this is again a rather large topic. I've tried to simplify it down to a couple of, of, of simple, simple things that you can look at. Um, you know, step one is is you want to be doing a lot of split testing from from and subject lines. Um, and again, this is this can be a rather complex topic in terms of changing up your from lines. Um, you know, I have you know one marketer uses a technique with cart abandons. Um, uh, which changes the front, front line from the actual product itself to uh, your order is not complete uh, from lines. Subject lines are something that you should be split testing and looking at um, kind of rigorously uh, to make sure that you look at the data which which elicits the most interest and there's a whole topic. Um, I know my friend um, Ian Stanley has, you know, the 72 winning subject lines and I could probably get a copy of that for people if you'd like to look at that. but. But, you know, ensuring that your email has interesting from lines and subject lines will go really, really far in terms of getting people to both open and relate to your to your email. Um, There are so there are there are also HTML tricks which help inbox. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, which, again, how sustainable this is, I'm not sure. But there there are certainly ways to orient hidden HTML in such a way that, uh, I guess, tricks Google or any um, person with holding email addresses into thinking that you're a valid email address. So there's, I don't mention those a whole lot. I'm not a real big fan of these tricks because I think they tend to kind of come and go very quickly, Um, but they are, they can be very, very effective in terms of, of adding um, hidden HTML into the content of your in, uh, email to get inboxed. Um, a really simple A-B split test that you can do. And again, this kind of relates to how, much, how many resources you have to do this. But one of the things that we would do is split test subject lines in the morning, again, this is a pretty common and simple split test that you can do um you can test subject lines based on interesting phrases or news of the day you can send it to a very very small segment of your list say three to five percent uh in the morning to see which of the from subject lines kind of permutations and combinations elicit the best response and then of course mail the entire rest of the list with that winner uh, an hour later so um you know, I wouldn't say that we went to this level every day, but we had active kind of split tests going on as it related to from and subject lines. Again, varying between whether the you know customer, the person coming in was a lead or a uh, customer. So, again, uh, not rocket science. We could go into this quite a bit deeper if you'd like down the road. But but this is a very, very simple A B split test that you can do, um, you know. Um, Winning email strategy also relates to again. This goes back to staying out of the promo folder or getting in there. We talked about split testing subject lines and offers, and next I think we'll talk about storytelling and ad copy. Um, so the third part of this really relates to the sales copy, um, and you know, in most, in some cases, if it's your own offer, you want to have very, very thoughtful storytelling around getting that user to. Purchase your product. Um, in the case of Native Path, right, I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, we had save costs us a buck fifty to get an email address. You know, 70 cents out of that buck fifty was, was taken care of on day zero. So people that bought then. And then we had a seven-day autoresponder series, which was very formulaic. It was um, thank you for signing up. Here's more value. Thank you again. We found some more st- stuff for you. And we began kind of this emotional storytelling in our case, we're in the health and wellness space. So we began, you know, storytelling around how paleo changed people's lives. And then ultimately, you know, by day four, by day five, six, seven, we were selling a lot of it. So um, if you are generating your own email copy, for your own products, think about using emotional stories, making it topical, contrarian, curiosity. Um, in our case, we ended up hiring a copywriter, an email copywriter, and uh, she basically took a look at our our um, control um, in terms of what percentage of people of these leads um, we were converting into customers. And we set her loose on seeing if she could beat that control. So consider you know an email copywriter who specializes in creating email copy that generates emotion you want to generate emotion with storytelling with topical things um, with curiosity to be able to generate a sale um, in some cases if you're um, promoting an affiliate offer they will have the swipe coffee for swipe coffee swipe coffee copy for you. And you can assume that they have done some level of testing to make sure that it's converting. But in some cases, you might want to ask if you can modify it, change it. But generally uh, speaking, um, their email ad copy should have been tested and uh, hopefully it works really well. So that's really the first um, kind of a a really simplified three-part step system around getting your offers both inboxed, opened, and ultimately converting. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's less known strategies um, setting up card abandon email sequences, which I mentioned, which changes yeah. the front line. So you can use email in a lot of different creative ways. Um, setting up card abandons and either using email or phone calls to um, ultimately get the sale or really kind of, I wouldn't say more advanced, but certainly people are doing it to, again, Uh, Get a customer. There's also a VSL abandoned autoresponder series. So, if you've found a way to collect an email address before a VSL um, finishes or before the VSL, the customer doesn't finish, there's an entire autoresponder series that relate to abandons on the VSL. So, marketers are using email in really creative ways. Um you know, oftentimes another strategy is if if you find that somebody opens an email which you have a live person looking at your stuff, it can trigger um, it can trigger new emails coming uh, down the road 10 minutes later uh, now that you know the person's actively reading it. So you know there there are probably endless numbers of strategies out there and I, I run across them from time to time and try to take a look at them and see, you know which of those that I think have real, efficacy and are going to be around for a while versus those that just are kind of flash in the pan strategies. But this is a couple of other ones that certainly if you're an e-commerce player, you should consider. Um, you know, all roads go to converting that lead into a customer. Um, so this obviously plays along with that. Um, the last thing and the last really important thing is kind of the analysis. And as you know, as direct marketers, as e-commerce players, as affiliates, you know, it kind of goes without saying that the key to making all of this work, and again, advanced math is not required here, but having the, you know, the the skill set, the, the patience, and the analytical brain to be able to gather up all this data that you collect and make meaningful decisions, um, that really is the hallmark of what I would consider kind of flash in the pan marketers that come up with a good offer and you never see them again, versus those that have staying power and really uh, figure out a way to be successful in this space. So it comes down to, you know, basically gathering this data. You're you're mailing every day, and so that creates, you know, opens and clicks and conversions and all kinds of metrics, um, and then doing something about it. Finding the offers that work. Um, if the offer is working, mail more of it. If it's not working, figure out whether you can fix it. So, the the data kind of collection analysis piece is is super important. Um, and again, you know, without getting into you know massive detail because we could go into hours of this stuff, you know, kind of the really basics are as follows. Um, you know, if you're using email in your marketing, you want to basically track the number of sends that you have, right? So if it's a million sends. That's the first thing in your column. You want to look at how many people open, right? And so then you look at how many people are clicking on the offer, how many people are converting the sales that it generates. Um, and that should give you a pretty good picture of the strength of the offer and how it's doing. Um, or in, in this case, you know, if it's an affiliate offer, you'll know exactly how it's doing. If it's your own offer, you can think about ways to improve that. And then from there, it's, it comes down to, in our case, we had a full-time email manager scheduling those out to make sure that You know, each send maximized our revenue. So it maximized our chances of either converting with an affiliate offer or converting with um, one of our own offers. So, very, very simple way. I mean, this is a very kind of simplified uh, look at uh, a list where we're running affiliate offers, right? and so you know we we rank them based on the date send we rank them which offer was it research we look at the subject line number of sends opens clicks conversions uh, epm epc ppm affiliate links so so really it you know it can become quite a large document if you allow it to be and if, if you have the time and the resource to do it i would suggest you do but um i would suggest any real minimal viable Recording um, engine, whether it's you know Excel or Google Docs or Google spreadsheets, to record this stuff is really really important because if you look at it long enough, it will give you the answers you need in terms of what to send, how to send, how often to send these types of things. Um, so, you know, again, I know we have limited time, but but th- those were some of the basics around um, using email for if you're an offer owner. Um, um, this discussion really breaks into two different categories using email uh, if you're listed as an offer on MaxWeb and how you can use it to basically increase LTV in such a way that you can increase your CPA in the network uh, somewhere people run your offer and then um, there are also affiliates that use email creatively uh, to be able to make more money and, and be more effective. And we'll kind of jump into that real quickly. Um, email as an affiliate really kind of breaks down into very, very two distinct categories, right? So if you're an affiliate on MaxWeb and you're running offers, um, and whether it's, um, you know, you're running offers on Rev Content or you're running offers on Facebook or TikTok or whatever it is, um, there are two ways to kind of look at email. A, a lot of, kind of affiliates um, that want to, you know, kind of take it to the next level will oftentimes look at generating their own list on top of an affiliate offer. So a well-known marketer that I know on Facebook will create these advertorials where they'll generate an email address up front and then take them to an affiliate offer. So that's a really simple way of generating your own list is putting kind of um, a landing page in front of an affiliate offer. Um, And again, there's different techniques on how to do that and make that more effective. Um, We've used kind of the ethical bribe, if you give us your email address, we'll give you the top 10, you know, paleo recipes or something along those lines. But affiliates who want to generate their own list um, can do that by adding kind of a a intermediary page before the affiliate offer. Um, And this has a lot of value because you can not only make um, money mailing those those names other affiliate offers so it gives you revenue it gives you a testing ground to test new offers to a list Um, and it also can be an amazing retargeting list for uh, those of you that are doing retargeting on places like facebook Um, the other part of the equation for email for affiliates is using affiliate offer using traffic as the uh as as the affi- for the affiliate offer, um, so it turns out that that you know when we had a list of 1.8 million people, we would be willing to run affiliate offers um, all the time to our list because our goal was to maximize the value of that list. So, if you're an affiliate and you want to mail another affiliate offer, you can go to people that have traffic, and again, this generally breaks down to people that have big lists, whether it's a lead gen list or customer list or even approaching like a list manager. So I know um, we spoke a little bit about you know, Liz Graham, right? So Liz Graham has a list of email emails that she manages. And so you could potentially as an affiliate go to her and offer her a guaranteed CPC, a guaranteed CPM to kind of run on her list um, or her, her collection of lists. So that's a simple way for affiliates to use Kind of like email as a traffic source. you know, so if you have Facebook and Rev content and you know all these different channels, um you could find people that are willing to rent their lists either on a CPM or CPC basis and let you run affiliate traffic through that way. Um so that's that's the general topic around or the general discussion around uh, affiliates. it's it's a less, I would say it's a less interesting topic because it's you have less ways to move, but certainly, using um using email as a for as an affiliate is super super important um, anyway um you know kind of to get to the to, to the near end end part of this this presentation um you know hopefully i've convinced you or maybe you don't need convincing that email um needs to be super important strategic part of your business whether you're an offer on max web um Um, you know, using MaxWeb as a distribution channel, you need to make sure that email is a super embedded component of your offer because ultimately um, it's a winner-take-most approach. So if you are the offer on MaxWeb that could afford to pay a higher CPA by virtue of the fact that you have a pretty dialed-in email program, you're going to likely get the lion's share of the the traffic. Um, And again, as an affiliate, many, many affiliates who want to move upstream will think about, generating their own email list by putting an email capture in front of the offer, or using email as a way to generate more sales by buying lists, either on a CPM or CPC basis. Um, And then, you know, what being in the space long enough really gives me is just some perspective in terms of looking at how these platforms are evolving and changing I mean, really there's change happening across every platform, right? More sophisticated affiliate networks, more sophisticated targeting on different media channels, email will continue to evolve and make the targeting and, and, um, ability to connect with a customer that much better. So it's really, really important to follow this space and look at what some of the more advanced ESPs are doing. I've mentioned one where they you know, are embedding SMS as a, as a marketing channel. So some of the more sophisticated ones are looking at the overall topic of messaging, whether it become through email or SMS or whatever, and taking that approach. And so uh, I, would, I would think that that would continue. Um, your ability to market to a user is just completely get that much better. Um, anyway, I wanted to leave a little time uh, for questions. Uh, I know it's, uh, again, it's it's a really interesting topic um, um, that I think deserves a lot of attention and can go on for, for quite a bit. So if we have any uh, questions, I'm happy to kind of answer them.
0: Well, we already have several questions, so I I will get to them in a moment. But you know what? As Cut was speaking today, I was listening in, and I was like, you know what? This could be a whole day mastermind where we yeah. where we could just be talking about email. So you know, I'll think of something, but it's such a great topic. And, you know, I was, I found myself nodding to a lot of the things because what Scott did so well today, um, you know, he, he he said he was simplifying things, but that's the beauty of a good brain. You take a lot of information that's out there that you kind of think people know, and you put it in a way that's very easy to digest. So I love that, Scott. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. That's, that's so helpful. And, um, Oh, I mean, I know you have so much experience, but if you don't mind, we'll we'll take some of the questions, and then I have a, a couple of questions as well. Sure,
1: sure. yeah, go for it for sure.
0: Cool. So I'll go up. I saw one from Josh that we did not address. Can you see them on the screen as well? Now the question, yeah. beautiful.
1: In our case, John, it was quite a bit, right? I mean, you know. Gmail tends to be the predominant platform. <clears throat> you know back in the day when I was mailing, it was AOL. right? It was Netcom, It was CompuServe, uh, a variety of these smaller ESPs. But I would say it's it's likely eighty percent of our overall uh, data um, followed by Yahoo, followed by AOL. And then, you know, of course, the last five percent would be a mix of, Prodigy and you know these random random uh, domain names, but but Gmail, for all intents and purposes, is the largest player that you had to play nice with. So in our case, it was pretty significant.
0: I agree. We see the same thing. Uh, all right, Gidrius, have you ever tried to build your own mailing system, like SP, like an ASP instead of using the regular ones?
1: Yeah, we did that with, um, the first company that I, that I mentioned, um, earlier, um, where we, you know, we took it upon ourselves to manage that complexity. So you're buying class C's, you're doing a whole slew of things. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, I think you've got to pick what game you're in, um, in, in in our game, you know, we wanted to be marketers first and the, 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 um, the, the complexity involved with being an ESP uh, at some point eclipsed our pay grade. <laughs> and we just decided that there were people doing it far better than we could do it. Um, and so we did try, um, you know, back in the day to be an ESP, but ultimately, um, you know, being a list, most list managers now will engage you with using your ESP. They'll they'll go in and they'll manage your list for you, but they won't uh, be in the business of being an, an ESP for the most part. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it. Um, marketing online now is complex enough to where you can't kind of be great at everything. So I would just rely pretty heavily on an existing ESP that you that you would work with and are friendly to affiliate offers and see if you can um, do it that way. Can you recommend any email address purchasing suppliers? Mm. Um, Tim, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by address purchasing suppliers. Is there a way to speak yeah, more to that? What do means?
0: mean? Um, we usually don't have anyone we recommend either because the emailers that work with us they already have their their list, right? So they is thinking, can I go and buy list of emails from you know online? It's it's not the easy the best approach in my opinion because you might get a lot of uh, customers that don't want to be emailed. Um, I know from our experience, if we get even one spam complaint, you're on the <laughs> on the bad list. So. Yeah. If it happens twice you you know chances are you might get blacklisted so i don't know if you know any scott him unfortunately i don't know
1: i mean it That's- was um it was a game that was played a lot more back in the day when co-reg was a lot more prevalent so you know there were companies as an example that um you know, would sell data to a third party. So they would co-reg out the lead and, and you know, the consumer doesn't know it, but you'd sign up for a, and, and in the terms and conditions, we're gonna sell your data to 30 different people. And and you could buy that data, um, third party from from someone like that. Um, those practices I think tend to have been, um, are outdated and, and really not done very much anymore for some of the reasons that you talked about. Um, you know, like the likelihood of you getting spam complaints if you're mailing a random person an offer, if you've bought a list, some CD, right, or whatever it is you're going to buy of some third-party data, the likelihood of you being successful on that ESP are pretty low um, because you're going to be sending random emails to new people in different domains. or are not going to know it. The ESP will pick up on it pretty quickly and, and ban you. So it's just, um, you know, it's 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 an old relic of, of how things used to be done i would say 10 15 years ago that are that are really not that prevalent today
0: Exactly, and Tim, um, you know, just a piece of advice from what I've seen our other affiliates do. So even if you, you know, run traffic on rep content on Facebook, you can still find ways to get the address of the customers, right? Added uh, as a blurb on your pre-sale, um, you know, or at the end on Facebook, it's easy. You can do it at the end of the quizzes or banners, uh, but you can still, you know, get that information. Most product owners don't mind, especially since it's you bringing that customer over to us. So. Oh. Yeah. All right, Hugo, uh, two questions. One, I've sent a lot of emails using the copies and emails formats of the affiliate products. However, my open rate is still very low. How? What can I do to improve it?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think as it relates to open rate, what you should look at is, uh, if you can, I mean, first off, the percentage of, of, of emails that are getting inboxed. So your open rate may relate to the fact that, that you're not being inboxed and you could um, be in the promo folder or spam folder. So um, that first piece of it's gonna directly relate to your open rate, right? And so um, assuming that you are getting mail delivered, assuming that you, you're getting mail delivered, and your open rates are still very low, um, there's just a multitude of things that you can do to improve that, um, from from lines, subject lines, um, if the affiliate is open to it, modifying some of the copy relating to the offer. So those are three really important things that you can do to kind of improve the open rate. Um, an interesting from line, um, Working on the subject line, split testing the subject line, and then certainly the first kind of paragraph or whatever it is of the ad copy are really, really important parts of whether or not a consumer is going to relate to that offer. As an affiliate, I use a landing page to gather email address from prop, but the emails, are, but the emails I get are very low. How can I improve that? Yeah, I would say the same advice Hugo. I mean, you know, you have to think about a compelling offer. They call it the ethical bribe, right? Like, why am I going to give up an email address to you? Uh, The stranger and so that relates generally to the amount of value that you're willing to share with the users Um, In our case in the health and wellness space, you know We would tie it to getting a free copy of a book or some valuable information um, That encouraged someone to give us their email address if it's just like hey give us your email address just because you're likely to not have a lot of success in that in that so your question probably relates more to copywriting and trying to figure out ways to make a more compelling offer to people and again there's just a multitude of ways to do that
0: and i am so glad scott mentioned this because i wanted to add something really quickly here hugo uh, copywriters are One of my, you know, uh, I love everyone in our industry, but I have worked with many good copywriters. And if you have the means, um, maybe ask some help from, uh, you know, a good copywriter in the industry. I promise you, every time we tried it and we asked a good copywriter to watch over an email swipe, even a pre-sale, it does wonders, wonders. Even adding like an extra emoji into the headline or something silly like that it goes a long way to you getting more emails open
1: so yeah no 100 um i mean there are you know there are email specific copywriters i am working with a client um where i recommended an email specific copywriter and they took a look at you know they have a seven day sequence of of getting people to convert into a customer and it produces some output and you simply give that sequence to a copywriter who will approach it with a fresh set of eyes and ideas around it and you split the test those so if you get 100 leads a day say 50 goes to the AR series 1 50 goes to the new test that you want to do um, these are people that are special specialized in you know creating emotion around email copy we all you know live in such a distraction based world that that initial kind of like look at the email whether its the from line is something interesting with the subject really goes pretty far. And there are people that specialize in this and it's well worth it, like you said, because if you're generating any amount of significant volume, um, very, very small changes in conversions and opens and clicks and conversions make a massive difference. So it's definitely worth it. 100%.
0: One hundred percent. All right. So the team actually has a bunch of affiliates on Skype. So I told them, not to worry. If you're more private, send the questions over to us, and we will uh, give them to Scott. So uh, Carol has one.
1: That's and- <laughs> a good question, Carol. Yeah, it's a, boy. It's, yeah, these are <laughs> these are the age old questions, right? Um, you know, um, we mail daily, uh, and um, you know, again, if you if you go back to thinking about two different buckets of customer emails, there's there's customers, and we treat them quite a bit differently than we would somebody who doesn't buy from us at all. And it's simply a lead. And so in the case of a lead where we have um, tried in vain to get them to purchase our product, um, we would assume then that they might relate to other products, in which case we would mail twice a day until they would tell us to stop. Um, In the case of a customer, you want to be more thoughtful about how you message that customer in terms of how often the types of offers. So, like, for example, we would never mail a customer an affiliate offer because we would prefer to have them in our own domain, in our own ecosystem, buying our own products. Um, So we would message them less. And the content of the mail would be quite a bit different than if I have a lead, somebody who has um, given us their email address to get a keto book, I'd be much more willing to message them more frequently and more often affiliate offers to get them to convert into something. If they're not going to buy our product, could they convert into someone else's product? And so, um, you know, for us, it was once a day. Um, I've seen message message, you know, really aggressive ones mail three times a day. I think it's a little bit too much in some cases we would message twice a day. Um, you know, you can incorporate again, uh, push-based notifications, SMS. There's this whole kind of litany of different ways you can communicate, and it's important to be thoughtful about how those all interrelate. Because what you don't want to do, if you have a new customer, is bombard them with five emails and push notifications and SMS and welcome calls and, you know. So you want to just be thoughtful about how you handle that. But, but generally, we we would message once a day.
0: That's that's really good. Uh, Andrea has one too. Do you recommend combining email marketing with other sources or use it as a main traffic source?
1: You know, it's a great question because some of the biggest offers online, um, some of my friends run, and and they use email almost exclusively out -hmm. of the gate. And then those offers that they can get working, they'll move over to more friendly Facebook, Google, these places, but they'll use email as a testing mechanism. Email to some degree remains the wild, wild west in the sense that the things you can say over email or in a landing page that comes from email are obviously quite a bit different than what Facebook will allow you to say. So some marketers use it as a way as a testing mechanism to run you know more aggressive offers that might make claims that wouldn't make Facebook um, they would they would use over email. So email is a super super important um, a channel on its own because you know you yeah. can get quite big by uh, just getting your offer mailed, but also it's an important testing ground um, for you to test offers. And if they, there's some smoke and fire, you can move them over to safer safer kit channels such as Facebook. Yep,
0: I, I completely agree. Um, great, Nick, uh, in general, what time of day do you usually see the best engagement on email send? I usually send it's out great. my email
1: starting five yeah. Nick, you're, you're you're spot on, man. I mean, I think that, that our range was like 5.30 to 7 in the morning. Um, most emails would be sent. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but I'll, you know, no, no, it's having your phone by your bed, right? But the first thing you wake up and you grab your phone and, you know, I'll generally see the the list of people that mail and I'm gonna read those usually. So I would say for us, it was about 7 a.m. Um, and also we found that, that mail over the weekend did significantly better. Because again, most people are messaging on their phones. Yeah, and in the case of health and wellness, it was way way better um, for us. So that's again, I don't know if every industry can say that, but email for us on the weekends did significantly better for us, as did our media, which was unusual. So I think you're probably sending at the right time.
0: As um, you know, FYI to our PR team, send our MaxWeb newsletters on the weekend as well. So. So it's beautiful, and, and you're right because we do a lot of Facebook on the weekends, we do a lot of YouTube, we do a lot of Taboola and Albrain. Why not yep. email? It's you're right. I, I don't know why we thought it, it's not gonna
1: work, but yeah, I mean, Nick, Nick, that's just an you know, again, it all comes down to your ability and time to be able to test all this stuff. Because I think that if you were to ask 10 marketers, you may get 10 different answers in terms of the ideal part to know, time to send. So, when you look at you know testing from lines or subject lines, you ought to split test if you can, again, time dependent, um, when your users, your leads, your customers are most most likely to engage with your product. And certainly time of day um, is really important. I know time of day targeting as it relates to buying ads on Facebook is super important, but I would just test it and know that uh, you'd probably come up with an ideal time to send. Um, In your case, if it's 5.30, great, but but the data will definitely tell you the answer.
0: I, I agree. That's wonderful. Um, well, it's been over an hour. We try to keep everything at, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I said it earlier, Scott, we need to think of something you know, on, you know, a mastermind, get all oh the emailers out there because I, I'm so honest when I'm, you know, I'm going to share this with everyone watching. So everyone knows here at MaxWeb, we specialize on, Native and Facebook, right? Our you know our media buyers love Facebook, love native. We do a lot of content and our brain and all those traffic sources. However, we realize that email is such a beautiful addition to any source that we run, right? Uh, we, back in the day, we used to have just the product owners that did a lot of emails, you know, they would send to each other and on the offers. Uh, but our idea was, well, if we find very clean, beautiful ways to gather the email of the customers when we do native or Facebook, why not use it to our advantage? So, as a parallel that you guys, you know, listening in, I truly, that's why I, you know, when I was discussing with Scott, I, I really believe this is going to be a great topic. And, um, you know, if you guys want, we'll we'll do something more, but Scott, thank you. It, it's been so oh
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I, again, I I don't get the chance rarely to speak about this topic. So when you brought it up, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, it's such a, it's such an important topic and it's, it's complex enough and interesting enough and big enough to where it needs proper discussion. So I'm just happy to talk about it and thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. And uh, uh, we love you. We will have you back. Um, And you're wonderful. You really are. And uh, everyone else, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, I highly recommend you watch this podcast again on video, as our guest here had some great visuals for us. Uh, you can find the podcast again on MaxLab, YouTube, on Facebook. Um, just subscribe, and you'll make sure to get really great content as today. So thank you, guys. I see more questions coming in. I promise the team is going to go through them uh, and we will answer to everything. Scott, if you go to MaxWop's page, you can see the video with all the comments. Oh,
1: great. oh perfect. You're
0: going to love the love. I mean, you're going <laughs> to
1: see
0: all of them, but you're going to see it's beautiful. And I promise the team will be on today all day and we'll, it, maybe we'll uh, get a few more questions to Scott and I'll uh, get them back to you guys.
1: All right. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye
1: Bye-bye.